0: <laughs> 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 ah,
1: and then and then oh, the, the, John Krasinski said <laughs> 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 Oh it's oh it's it's, it's, oh, it's oh
0: oh it's 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 oh, it's it's a story oh. perfectly suited to the audio
1: medium meat <laughs> No 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 yes Welcome, everyone, to the Meat Podcast, <laughs> uh, a podcast all about different types of meat. Different ty- No, we're not the Beef and Dairy Network. We're not the Beef and Dairy Network. We're the Meat <laughs> and Merriment Network. Meat and Merriment. We're, meat and Mead. We are going to... This, this room welcome. contains neither meat
0: nor mead. I'd just like to point that out. So Christopher what? is falsely advertising it. But him.
1: Merriment... We have Merriman. <sighs> we should do that. We should start a new podcast called uh, called Mead, Mead and Merriman. If and we'll they get people to listen to this
0: one first. No, no,
1: no, <laughs> look. look, the three people that listen to this week in week out,
0: <laughs> present company included. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, they can enjoy it all they want, but we should branch out. We should go out now and just basically start a podcast where we eat burgers, drink alcohol, and talk whilst we're doing it. Jesus Christ, Chris! You're trying to get me into an early grave. Yeah, but what an early grave it would be. Too fucking early! It'd be really wide. We right. can share, top and tail. What are we doing? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet Mead and Merriment. Um, <laughs> it's not called that! My name is Chris Lahargill Johnson. I am uh, Arrow Odd, son of Grim Hairy Cheeks. Wow. See, now we have to die, because I want that on an epitaph. Real Nordic legend. Check it out. Really? Yeah. Charles you know, is a real Nordic legend. Me, yes. Hey! This week, uh, we've got a few topics to talking about. We have both now seen a quiet place. Uh, Shh. Omens. Yep. Um, what do we think about it? You'll find out in a biz whiz. But we're going to do the, the review entirely in sign. Yeah, so... <laughs> and subtitles. So turn the subtitles on, <laughs> on iTunes only. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then we're also going to be answering an email of seismic proportions. Yeah. Seismic. But first, seismic. hey Matt, Yes. change
0: the channel. Mm, yeah, I, now, Channel Awesome's been No, imploding. I mean, change the channel. We're not watching anything. Oh. oh. You've just been staring at the
1: snowstorm <laughs> Static but, this whole time. Like,
0: there isn't static on TVs anymore, that doesn't work. Did they do that in the remake of Poltergeist?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, but on the it doesn't. Flat screen.
0: But it, does that TV doesn't work. Really well, it like be, it,
1: to be fair, it wouldn't be as anywhere near as spooky or dramatic if it was just a blank screen with a blue square that occasionally disappeared and yeah, moved that no, said no, "no signal." It doesn't work. <laughs> and, the static doesn't work anymore. I think that was why they did it in the remake, so it could be freaky. Because it's like, wait. That sort of TV wouldn't do that. What's going on? Yeah,
0: but they'd know that.
1: You know, if someone somewhere hasn't, hasn't, like, started up a cable channel that is just white noise, I'd be very surprised. Mm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of white people, Channel Awesome, uh, um, is, well, um, yeah, Channel Awesome is employed. For those who don't know, Channel Awesome is a content aggregate website. It began life in 2008 as thatguywiththeglasses.com, and then about five years ago became channelawesome.com because that just became the name of like the production company that worked out of Chicago that made the majority of the site's original content, including the Nostalgia Critic, which is how most people found the website. Because back, back in the day, yeah, when YouTube was only a few years old, it wasn't that profitable. People couldn't really make money off of mm-hmm. it unless they were companies. And uh people weren't making anything particularly special. It was just re uploads of music videos well, and I mean, own video diagrams. Being the home of the
0: nostalgia critic is why I'm not particularly aware of Channel Awesome because I
1: can't fucking stand the nostalgia critic. <laughs> well there you go. But a lot of people did enjoy it and <laughs> um, it was yes, because it was because um back around that time no one was really making anything like that, with any yeah. hard work. Yeah, like any hard work behind it. Uh like and then again, you look back at older nostalgia critic stuff and people around that era who started to appear, like the uh, the angry video game nerd who was really stuck around and, and developed again. more over time. Not keen. No, I think I I appreciate what he does and his workload, I and don't. I appreciate the shows he does. But <laughs> I find, and I but I just find I just find him to be really I just find him to be really monotone. Yeah, like everything he's saying is at the same kind of level. It's almost like everything he's doing is done because it's... Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, I, yeah, okay, i am got people enjoying this James role, but I am not one of them. Is
0: it better or worse than Emergency Awesome? Uh,
1: What's Emergency... Oh my god, I haven't thought that in a while. <laughs> hey guys, Charlie here. <laughs> Today we're going to look at this Suicide Squad teaser image and determine how I know that uh, Aqu- Aquaman will be appearing in the movie as well as in the latest <laughs> season of Stargate Atlantis. Um, Oh my god! Just is he still Um, a thing? He's got to still be a thing. I don't know. He was raking in the dough. I do not care. He was making mad wedge. But that was but that was the thing that like there are people who make lots of money and time and whatnot on on the Tinterwebs with almost zero charisma and like him or lump him. Nostalgia critic back in the day was definitely making content that was character-driven, like, the Nostalgia Critic is a character, he was once described, I think by Doug Walker, the guy who Just plays him it. Uh, as basically if Daffy Duck were a human being and even more obnoxious and you can kind of see that in some of the character's mannerisms, like, it's you know, when Daffy Duck sort of flaps out, basically, pun intended I don't want to know about his... Daffy Duck's flaps DIRTY LITTLE BASTARD Not his lipstick, that's a dog <laughs> IT'S A DOG IT'S A SIGN <laughs> Um... <laughs> Done. So, yeah. Uh, like, the subject came around in that time where people weren't really putting the effort in, and as such, people started to really pay attention. It was ticking boxes. It was movie reviews about films that people loved, and, and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I haven't thought about fricking Animaniacs in 12 years. I'll watch this video about Animaniacs, and stuff like that. And it worked, and it was a character, and occasionally there were little skit elements towards it. So. Back then, Doug Walker, Rob Walker's brother who works on the show, like writing for it and managing parts of the site, and a few others uh, whose names have been gone and come to pass and become known and not, uh, started to turn that guy with the glasses into a business where they would aggregate fellow content uh, content creators Mm -hmm. who were starting to pop up, people who were essentially inspired by or trying to be the nostalgia critic. Uh, Some... Some almost straight up, so, yeah. Some
0: just actually being a straight up distaff counterpart of which was or, which was auditioned, yeah. In one case, yeah. So, um, yeah. but
1: like they they you know that that was how they started out, and a lot of them obviously then developed their styles and became very much their own entities and have massive fan bases even to this day. Uh, and a lot of others did it for a while and were like, "This is not for us, really," and then stopped. But the way it works as a business was they created the website, that guy with the glasses, the website ran ads. People were coming to the website because, again, like, nowadays you want to watch something, we all automatically go to YouTube and type in some keywords. Yeah. 2008, 2009, people weren't doing that necessarily. Like... Because there wasn't as much on YouTube to peruse, aside from some viral stuff and things like music videos and things like that. Mm -hmm. It was still developing. Let's Plays were in their infancy. It was, you know, it was it was a different time. It was a different time. So if you went to thatguywitheglasses.com, you could watch that Nostalgia Critic show you really liked. And you could check out some of the other shows by the same guy and his team, like Bum Reviews and Ask That Guy and shows like this, like Five Second Movies. Like, they were all here. But also, look, here's someone. Here's here's Linkara. Who makes a comic review show called the Top the Fourth Wall. Mm-hmm. And here's Brad Jones, the cinema snob. And here's the rap critic. And you know, like over time it all developed. Here's the Spoony one. All these different people started to appear on there, like Obscurus Looper and Phelan and, and um Todd in the Shadows. Todd in the Shadows is another one, and Diamanda Hagen. And over the years other content creators have joined. Um and of course, the more you go to that site to use that as your way to find these people you enjoy watching, the more you had ads on your screen. Yeah. So like what would then become Channel Awesome, the team in Chicago, that's how they made their money. And for the producers, they got more exposure. Because people who were coming to the site to watch The Nostalgia Critic would suddenly find these new shows. And they did get some money as well from it. Uh, not from Channel Awesome or that guy with the glasses. They, no. they, they, based on what format and platform they used, they were able to monetize their content. Uh, okay. Now, because YouTube wasn't big monetizing in the late 2000s, early 2010s blip.tv was they'd really worked out plus also blip.tv didn't uh attack you for copyright clips um, they were very big on fair use so unlike youtube and its algorithm nowadays yeah um blip.tv would let people post stuff so of course then these guys would start earning money from their videos channel awesome never asked for any money from their videos uh and likewise they never like pushed for like oh can we have more exposure this, that, the other like sometimes they'd be like i've not been on the front page for a while could you maybe change things up and there'd be discussions and it was just a healthy working relationship. It was basically not to like take a dump on the the creators that weren't the Chicago team, but it was like it was a whale and like you know pilot fish. You know, it, it was that it was that thing of yeah. here's the main body, and you can find these guys by coming to to the to the main thing. Did the pilot they're, they're fish get Santa
0: Clauses and exactly yes. brass instruments. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, now they started to do anniversary movies. Like every year, there'd be yeah. a, big, a big film of the, some kind. The little
0: I've seen of these, they look. Fucking terrible.
1: Now, yeah, well, I started getting into Channel Awesome stuff around like 2010, 2011. So I had a couple of them to go back and watch. And for me at that point, I kind of enjoyed them because I was like, oh, wow, I get to watch these people like interact with each other. Like they're actually all in the same content. Hmm. But they weren't very well written. And a big part of that was, uh, as has sort of come to light and people noticed at the time, but it's become a bit more obvious now. Their comedic voice was obviously based on the script for the film. And the script for the film was uh, co-written by, but, like, mostly written by Doug Walker, who's a nostalgia critic, who fancies himself a comedy writer. Now, he can definitely write stuff that is funny. The older nostalgia critics can be very funny, because it's a man's reaction to stuff that's going on, humorously worded, sometimes over the top in terms of the reaction, sometimes more subtle and, you know, just, like more eloquently put, based on what the joke was, blah, blah, blah. But when he was suddenly tasked with writing about 40 characters, they all sounded the same. Um, Funny that. Yeah, like uh, one of the weird... And, and also, it's almost like he wasn't paying attention to the, the their content themselves. Like uh, Film Brain, Matthew Buck, is one of the contributors uh, to Channel Awesome over the years, who I used to absolutely not be able to stand simply just because of his delivery, but then he got more casual and less performancy. And now he's a lot more, like, enjoyable to watch because it's like, and you're just being yourself now. This is much better than the character you were putting on. But in his videos, he was very much like, he's a big film reviewer and he reviews movies. In the crossover films, for some reason, he was always like a creepy little Klingon or or, or a kiss-ass to the critic. In a Hmm. way where it was like, this, I mean, you're nothing like this in your videos. So why are you like that in these movies? Why are you a a dumbass kiss-ass? Like, what's the... Funny that, I don't get it. Um, now, the reason why we're even talking about any of this shit is because in 2015, a few creators got into arguments with specifically the company's CEO. At this point, their channel awesome, and the company CEO is a man called Mike Michard. Or Michode. We're just gonna call him Chode. <laughs> Mike Michode. Um, Co-owns uh, Not your Channel joke, Awesome. He's the, CEO, he's the CEO of Channel Awesome. And he co-runs the company with Rob and Doug Walker. There was another man called Mike Ellis involved at one point. Who's yeah, buddy, uh, long that since gone. gone. Yeah. Um, in 2015. Oh my god. In 2015. um, A few of the members left the site due to disagreements. And they decided to bugger off and leave on their own. A lot of it was to do with like. There'd been a gaming website that they were going to put out as a spin-off of Channel Awesome's website. That, called Blistered Thumbs, which existed briefly and then disappeared, and none of the people who were making content or were supposed to be making content for it were told why or when or what was going on. Um, there were people who felt they'd been treated unfairly and ignored, particularly female members of, of the producer teams. Oh, aye. Um And basically a bunch of them left. Some of them still made content with Channel Awesome, but a lot of them moved over completely to a site called Apocalypse. These included Lindsay Ellis, who'd formerly been the Nostalgia Critic and was now Dog Lindsay Chick. Ellis. Nostalgia Chick, yeah. Mm-hmm. And was now Lindsay Ellis. Um, I'm much
0: better for it, I find. Yeah, uh,
1: people like uh, Browse Health High, Kyle, Cal- uh, Kyle Calgren, and, and other members moved to that website. I feel there's generally
0: a pattern that as people have come out of the Channel Awesome umbrella, their content has vastly improved.
1: Yeah, or well, they blossomed. Yeah. Uh, around that time, they also then opened up the floodgates a bit more to new content creators. So people like Ill Nage, Subject with the Camera, and Blockbuster Buster, and all these new people join the site. Even names who didn't necessarily need the site by this point, because they were already big elsewhere, became part of the collective, like Chris Stuckman, Angry Joe. Angry Joe had been there since the beginning, but like he's... He, Angry Joe shows far outgrown anything really that hmm. that website's ever done, but he has always remained someone whose content goes onto the website. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's like they still had a strong stable of talent, but there was obviously this, why are people left? Add to that, uh, Noah Antwiler, the Spoony one, got into some hot water and he made really fucking inappropriate comments to some of the other members on twitter yeah uh in a way that was just a joke but in that defense where you're like yeah it doesn't mean it's not horrible what you said oh i love that yeah it's so, just a joke uh, coupled with some genuine issues he seems to be having it out in real life um and whatnot he basically was booted from the site off he went um another member of the site uh around that time, was booted from the site for reasons it wasn't really delved into originally, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, and that was a contributor called g Wario, who um, killed himself not long after due to, from what we heard, a battle with depression. Got the better of him, and he, I, I believe he shot himself. Um, so the site, like the main Channel Awesome team in Chicago put out a... Moral video a few weeks later obviously like to let people know what had happened and pay tribute to him with some contributions from other members of the site uh, but there was a weird thing around the time where people were going "Can we like we wanted to do our own but channel awesome said no, no no we'll put that out we'll put that out we'll put out a tribute if you want to send some stuff for it you can mm-hmm. so people who were friends of his felt a bit like "Oh, well, this is weird like okay fair enough but that was also weird and around this time obscurus looper um alison pregler who does stuff about like terrible movies and Baywatch and things like that. <laughs> um, like Night Rider binge and stuff like that. Why not? Um, she, she's wonderful. She and Phelan uh, uh, Phelan are, I believe they're, I, if, if they're not currently, they were a couple. Um, I think they might still be. Oh, really? Phelan's oh. the one who's done a lot of Ghostbusters content online, yeah. Like, yeah. Downline, yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm a huge fan. Of no, no, no. I, with him, I, can, I sort of have to pick which ones I want to watch. Yeah, just deliver it. It's just,
0: it's too, it, it's too
1: manic. Which is weird, because when you see him outside of that, again, like Matthew York, yeah. you're like, I would rather just hear you talking normally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's but, a stick, I guess. But instead, he does their weird thing where he starts doing all that and you're like, please stop. But anyway, do this. each their own. People love his content. Great. It's his, yeah, it's his thing. Looper was bringing up um, problems she had with the main site's management. She was like, look, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, I'm not happy about it. And they would never respond. Mike McChode! especially would barely ever get in touch or get back in touch. So she gets them on Skype at one point and gets, I believe it was him and Doug into a separate Skype conversation. Be like, right, I want to discuss what's going on here. Mike said, right, okay, we're here to talk. She didn't reply for 15 minutes because she was away from her computer. She comes back to find... hey bro. Yeah, she, she comes back to find that in the 15 minutes between his first message and his second message... The second message he says, "Well, if you're going to ignore us now that we actually are here to talk to you, then I'm firing you effective immediately from the site." And he removed all of her content before, like she checks the site and it's already gone. So she sends a thing basically saying, "Like, I'm glad 15 minutes is the amount of time it takes you to make a decision as big as that. Thanks very much. Like, just because of the my computer." So she was quite public about it. Now around this site it was to do with it was to do with various stuff. Like one of them was. Uh, creators wanted to put more mid-roll ads on their videos because they were losing money because the sites were no longer making them as much money. I feel
0: like YouTube makes you do that now anyway. Yeah. So I watch a fair few uh, videos from channels where the mid-roll ads just appear in the middle of people's sentences.
1: Oh yeah, it's annoying. Uh, we and we we horrendous. we had it for a while with uh, when we were monetized. We're monetized again now, by the way, but not properly. We're waiting for the process to finish requalifying but we've had enough views and subscribers to qualify in the time. Hey. So thanks very much, everyone. Now you um, have to about copyright again. Oh, God. Oh, but, but only if we monetise.
0: All those 16 copyright strikes on the Burnout Paradise video. Oh,
1: Jesus. But, um, but you yeah, know, I got the message of the day on the, on the YouTube page, and it said it's like a month's thingy while it figures it out, and then we'll know. Oh, great. Okay. But, but I, I remember monetizing, back when we were monetizing all the time, uh, some of the big damn casts, and I tried to pinpoint a moment between topics to put a couple mid-roll ads. And even though I did it would still sometimes the ad would pop up in the middle of the previous sentence yeah. even though I pinpointed the timer it was like
0: yeah. god that's annoying
1: um, it's fucking terrible it's, do you know do you know those videos I really hate on? Mr. Sunday Movies yeah just a 10 minute video and there's like two mid rolls now I it appreciate really it
0: some comic box videos as well yes
1: now I appreciate 10%. it because this is how they make their money and I completely get it I completely appreciate it I'm never going to complain about the person individually but it is annoying that they have to do that people at Channel also awesome having to do that to make more cash um Mike Michaud got in touch with a bunch of them and said, like, get rid of the mid-rolls. It's putting people off staying on the page because they're getting bored of all these adverts and they're just leaving the site. So they're not spending as much time on your page, which is not giving us as much ad revenue from our ads. So people like Alison Pregler tried to start up Patreon. And then they were told they weren't allowed to advertise Patreon in their videos or link Patreon underneath. For reasons not really explained. Yeah. But then uh eventually they were allowed to put a sting about Patreon at the end of their videos. So at the end of the videos, they could put a little part of the video that explains they've got a Patreon. This is what the link is. Type it in your browser. And if you want support, it's great. Type it in your browser <clears throat> and give us some cash. Give us your money. But that's why, like, Alison left. So that was a big thing. A few months ago. I uh, know about a month and a half ago now. uh Someone commented to Allison about something or other. And she replied quite candidly, like explaining some shit that had happened when she was um, working with Doug Walker in regards to being treated like shit. Mm -hmm. And the floodgates opened. Various ex-producers of Channel Awesome started to be a bit more candid. um, Right down to the point of putting together a document called Not So Awesome. I think 70 pages? 70 pages with contents. There's a contents page for this thing. Um, And that was released two weeks ago. Uh, We will link it in the description on YouTube uh, if you would like to give it a read. But essentially, that tweet snowballed into a bunch of creators going, do you know what? Yeah, this has been a big problem for me. I think I'm going to get out of there. Yeah, me Ons too. Who, and then ones who've already had
0: turning around and saying, "Yeah, well, we yeah, we're going to share our our stories that we if we haven't already." One
1: of the bigger yeah. ones is that Channel Awesome's um, former HR worker, so one of the few people that worked in Chicago that was paid by them and employed yeah. properly. Political uh, Holly Brown has explained her side of the story, talking about how she was let go uh, just after she'd had surgery. And she had to fight for her final payment for her, like, uh, what's it called when you leave? And severance, severance pay. Yeah. She had to fight for a severance pay. And not only that, she was made to sign a contract on leaving that barred her from working for any other similar role or site for three years. It's such bullshit, isn't it? This is all to do with Mike Michaud and the Walkers being complicit in it. Like, whether or not they made direct decisions or were involved in direct decisions that Mike Michaud made they were at least sitting back and letting it happen.
0: Because Mike Michelle's not creative. No. But he is
1: the majority shareholder and CEO of Channel Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, Taylor's as old as time nowadays, a media outlet about creativity being run by the least creative fucker on the planet. Yeah. Um, and who is undermining those who actually make the content and go the money for the company. mm mm-hmm. um, But Holly Brown talked about how... Uh, like, you know, she had been cut short like that. She talked about the things she had to send to people, like contracts for the team ups and crossovers that stopped them from. Um, like basically, if you if you worked on one of their big movies, they covered your travel and they covered your staying expense, um, but you weren't paid for it. So you were basically taking time out of making your own videos and ergo your own money to take part in it. Of course there are benefits and and uh, downsides to that. Downsides of course you're not earning while you're away making the crossover movie. But making the crossover movie will expose you to more people who will then come and watch your content. So uh, it's
0: exposure.
1: Yeah, but at least like exposure with paid accommodation and travel. However, no one got says in the script for a man who decried Tommy Wiseau in his room review and all that. Uh, Doug Walker basically treated every film set the same way a chapter of The Disaster Artist is sort of um, revealed, like, revealed. Yeah. yeah. Um, right down to one occasion it being a straight up Tommy Wiseauism, no water or uh, snacks available for people to eat on a 12 hour filming day. Yeah. Good. It's like, what the hell? Good. Um, Very good. So that kind of shit's going down. Also, in the contract to take part in the movie, one of the stipulations was. You will all be designated like your you, your schedule while you're out there in terms of your time. Yeah. In your downtime, uh, if you want to use that to like, here's here's everyone else's schedule. If you want to plan crossovers with other uh, content creators, go for it because obviously that's a big opportunity. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, oh my god, I'm a game reviewer. I'm in the same room as Angry Joe. Hey, Angry Joe, do you want to do a crossover? Brilliant! Like we've got free time on Tuesday during the shoot. We'll film it. Brilliant! That's, that, yeah. Problem was if you did that, the profits for the crossover had to go toward Channel awesome. Yeah. Because you were doing it on their time and that was how they were going to cover some of the costs of like equip- equipment rental and putting you up and everything. Good. Yeah. Good. Interesting. Um <clears throat> so not fun. No. Uh the last one of these big crossover movies was called To Boldly Flee. Yeah. And it was Doug Walker's way of killing off the nostalgia critic. Like he'd kind of done it and he wanted to do other things now. Yeah. The way the movie's written is it's essentially saying it's, like, the end of reviewers. Like, the movie sort of looks at the idea of this era of videos and nonsense, like, coming to an end. Mm. Well, none of the creators were aware of this, and also a lot of them weren't aware that Doug was killing off the critic until the filming had finished. That was affecting them big time, because, of course, what was the main draw to the website? nostalgia critic yeah he was bringing new people now the old all the t- all the producers had fan bases by this point but you know that was still the thing that brought people to the site to then discover the, the new content creators that they'd never seen before killing him off would obviously affect everyone and he'd not told anyone and the movie is written in a way that implies that all of them him included but all of them don't matter anymore yeah, so people had beef with that. So that's another thing that's come out, like they weren't informed of that. Um, there was somebody who was a friend of one of the producers who ended up helping out a lot of the production of the, I think, second to last movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was called Suburban Nights. And, uh, she was not compensated for a time. She ended up basically becoming the production runner because she volunteered to help one too many times and was just ro- roped into it. Meat. Like lunch was bought for everybody and she was not given part of that budget to get lunch for herself. Good. Good. It's just like, what is this? Like, the hell is going on? This all seems perfectly above board. Yeah, Phelan was meant to do the visual effects uh, for some of To boldly Flee, the last movie. Um, but he was given like a really short amount of time, not much direction in what to do. So he did the best he could, considering he's not a visual effects guy, but he does use them in his content. Yeah. Doug, behind his back, messaged some of his friends and was like, is he half-arsing this? Because this isn't good. And then Doug Walker's lot finished off the visual effects, but they still credited um, Phelan as the visual effects guy for the film. It's like, it's just some dodgy shit. Um, And the two two biggest outcomes so far have changed the channel. Because ultimately, a lot of the content creators who started this little movement that has grown didn't do it to shit on the website and to ruin things for people they did it because they just wanted to make people aware of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes of, of yeah, of programs absolutely. and organizations yeah. like this to say that this isn't on and we should say something about it. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it's having a lot of negative effect. There are a lot of very loyal Channel Awesome viewers to the website itself who are attacking those former content creators, which and is also, the wrong thing to do.
0: And also, Channel Awesome's responses yeah, well, have been... Yeah, well, well,
1: Give 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 us a sec. Sorry, oh, A
0: yeah. sec. We've already oh, yeah. had twenty five minutes oh, yeah, on this no, no. shit.
1: We're, we're 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 here. Don't you oh. worry. But, so um, here's here's the kicker. People who people who are in an unfortunate position right now. Jim Jaroz, who makes the props and sets and everything for uh, the Nostalgia Critic show and all the stuff in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Walter Benesiac, who does a lot of the, does a lot of the editing and makes some of the occasional spin-off shows like Awesome Comics. Um, they are just like paid members of the crew to work on Chicago yeah they're obviously in a very awkward position where they are friends with the walkers but people are still like what do you have to say about all this it's like well they're not going to say anything yeah because they are like paid employees they work like you know three to five days a week or whatever on these projects they are paid directly for it they're not paid in exposure or anything like that like you know, like, leave them alone. Same with Malcolm Ray and Tamara Chambers, who are the two other recurring cast members of the Nostalgia Critic, playing all the other parts. Like, they are actors who live and work in Chicago, who are paid to work on that show. Leave them alone. Don't harass them. It's difficult enough as it is. Yeah. Because they are in a fight between their employer and people who have basically proved that their employer and, or some of the people working at their employers are scumbags. Like they are in a tough position. Them walking out doesn't make a point, and they have to make a living. Yeah, leave them alone. Let them do what they need to do. They'll make their decision. Um, so there's that. But here, here's oh fucking hell. So Channel Awesome replied twice. Yes, the first response was on Twitter shortly after the document was released. <sighs> fucking hell. It basically says. We as a site, we're always striving to do what's best for our audience and our creators. And, you know, companies companies do make mistakes and people do need to learn from them. Things like that. Good start. Great start. Good. Like, you're not going to fix all the damage that's happened, but all you need to do here is stick the landing by saying we're very sorry for everything that has happened. Um, we're going to talk to some individuals to, to, you know, like hopefully smooth some things over and make them, you know, um, make them aware that we know there was a problem that we're sorry for it. And we hope you continue to support us going forwards. We're going to obviously try and make sure these changes happen. Bonus points if they end the message with, and we've had a chat with everybody, And Mike Michaud is no longer the CEO or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like bonus points if that's the outcome, but whatever. No, slap bang in the middle of it. They say in regards to the former content creators, we are sorry you felt that way. Ah, everyone's favourite non-apology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Cue an instant flurry of freaking memes of that South Park thing. Yeah. where dog's Doug's face superimposed. The guy just going, we're sorry. We're sorry. You're just like stroking deer. I'm so and, sorry. So sorry. Um, yeah. Like, no. Before this, a bunch of content creators currently on the site had started to leave. Yeah. Um, because they were looking at everything and going, yeah, I can't support this site anymore. Like, I, I'm doing okay on my own. Mm-hmm. I've got enough on Patreon to keep me going, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm now just going to push my views and say, "Hey, everyone, just for follow- if you want to keep watching me, come follow me." Come and follow people, me. For the most part, seem to be doing that. People are finally making use of their tabs and browsers and favorites lists, and they're <clears> saving <throat> all of their favorites on YouTube. Oh no! And this and the other um, channel, awesome. Put out a second response. This time, it was a response to refute the document itself, the not-so-awesome document. Oh, yeah, with a
0: bunch of screen caps of of chats that don't actually say what they say they're saying. They don't
1: try to refute every point, they say they're just trying to refute the most egregious one. Yeah, it's like six or seven, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, One of the seven is to a male member of the site who was sexually harassed by the former, one of the former heads of the site, Mike Ellis, who uh, basically aggressively sexually messaged him several times, despite him being a married man, and despite Sean, the site member, not wanting him to talk to him. Yeah. Um. Uh, at the time, uh, Mike Michaud responded to that with, oh, we told him to stop doing this. <laughs> sure. Great, there sure. you go. Sure. Sure. Um, awesome. They refute Sean's point by being like, this isn't true, Mike was already spoken to on a separate occasion, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave it at that. The other six points are against female members of the site and they try and get really dirty with it. So oh, there's, yeah. So there's this blatant misogynism oh, yeah. going on in the document already that's just like, this is fucking horrible. Um... Uh, In their response to the document, I mean, um, but add to that, a Jane Doe commented in the document, a fan of the site, I believe, not a contributor, but someone who worked with producers. Yeah. Uh, who claims to have been sexually assaulted by one of the site's former content producers. Mm -hmm. She preferred not to give her name and she preferred not to give his name, but the reason she contributed the story wasn't to try and out this person because she says that that has like long been like, there's nothing that can be done about this now. Um, yeah. However, I just want to let you know that what happened when it was reported was that one of the site heads or whatever, one of the staff members, basically gave her a similar response of, we told him to not do this, and we'll have a word with him. What the fuck? What the fuck, guys? Channel Awesome, in their their rebuttal to the document, said, we did have words with him, and we fired him from the site. Yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay. So they they post chat logs. That's... I mean that's that that is something. Like um, it's something yeah, that in, fixes cutting everything. they're no, just firing from the uh, no, no. But also, ah, no, it, it's cutting it's off his support from them and business from them. But at the same time, they should have at least you know issued some kind of statement whether they were going to say his name or not. They should have released a statement to say we believe that sexual harassment is taking place between one of our fans, or we want anyone else to come forward to talk to us or something. Do you know what I mean? So they yeah, can yeah. Maybe report it, or if the fan, the fans, or people who've been harassed didn't want it to be go to a legal you know pr- uh, proceeding, then that's fine. But at I'll least there's you. a history. Yeah, I get your fan. They post the chat log to prove that this person was fired.
0: Because that's what they do now, apparently. Yeah.
1: They blur out the names of the people in it, including the person. Yeah. But they post the chat log to prove where it was. They don't block out the date. So people, of course, start to put two and two together and oh, think, what no. Channel Awesome contributor was fired around that time? And it was Juwario. Oh, now we come back to this. Yeah. Yeah. More stuff starts to come out. And it appears now what may have happened is that Jew Warrior was fired for sexual misconduct by, you know, sexually assaulting someone. Yeah. And mixed in with his depression, killed himself because the information was about to come to light. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Now, obviously, ho- did a horrible thing, an inexcusable thing, but at the same time, mental issues. So, like, this, the death could have been avoided, but similarly, like it's that whole thing of is this oh. a good obviously death is not a good thing but it's like is this a good thing cuz no one else is going to be but one, at the no, same time no, no it's because just, it's, just a, it's just a, a bad human situation being to, all yeah, around, yeah. Th- there is no one who's coming out of this in a good way annoyingly oh. some fans are now trying to figure out who the person who was who was assaulted was by going back through stuff to try and find connections and mentions and figure out which producers they knew and who they hung out with and so some horrible shit is coming out of this But also think about it. Channel Awesome stopped anyone else making a tribute video to Justin Carmichael, to Jew Wario. They made one. When they were fully aware of why he was fired, fully aware of what might have pushed him to kill himself, and there were ads on their tribute video. They profited from his suicide. Which is even creepier. Even creepier when you know what they knew about him. That's the That's the really Aww. horrible thing that's come out of this lately. I'm, this is I'll exhausting. Get, I'm going to give you one last thing, which is, is, which, is is more, horrible. which is more humorous. I'll give like, you one more humorous tidbit. Yeah, please do, because I round need, out I need a little the story. Because more stuff keeps coming out as time goes by. But here's the one humorous tidbit about changing the channel. So, Channel Awesome as a studio, the Chicago lot, like, the Nostalgia Critic and stuff, yeah. stopped posting their episodes up to the minute when they're meant to come out on YouTube on YouTube. And started posting them on Vimeo. Which suggested that they were frightened for a while of putting it on YouTube and having the what? comments section open. What? Yeah. They started to post again, but obviously they're not responding directly to stuff. Charity companies that they work with for a genuinely nice thing they do at the end of the Saldra Credit video is called the Charity shout out. Yeah. Charity companies are no longer getting in touch with them asking for a shout out because they don't want to be associated with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's bad when even charities are going like, yeah, no, we don't need your help.
0: Yeah. Leave Bye. us alone.
1: Um, See ya. But... As of about four weeks ago, Channel Awesome had about 40 contributors, 40 producers that's giving them content and a backlog of a bunch of other stuff. That's a, that's a chunky, that's a, yeah, it's a chunky. Categories master. as well, like, like, uh, miscellaneous anime, animation, comics, film, video games, blah, blah, blah. About two weeks ago, they were down to 22. Shit, a brick. Middle of last week, seven. What? As of this recording, and a couple of them were just late leaving because they, like, one of them, Erod, who's the Blockbuster Buster, doesn't really use social media. Yeah, yeah. So he's not following all that side of it, but obviously people were getting in touch with him to talk about it and ask about it. He eventually put out a statement through Linkara, again, one of the site's longest contributors, and one yep. of the first to leave when yep. this started. Um, put a statement out through him, just letting people know he's aware of what's happening and he has handed in his resignation. Oh, keep in mind, the moment people quit, Mike Michaud does immediately remove them from the site, like, with no questions asked. Yeah. Although there seems to have been a hesitance in that last number of people leaving, because obviously now that big scroll-down menu is a little bitty column. Um,
0: uh... As of
1: this recording, that column has three links in it, aside from the Nostalgia Critics link. Yeah? Three. One of them is Brad Jones, the cinema snob, who is in an awkward position, because he is big friends with the Chicago team, he's never had any bad experiences with them himself. Yeah. He's also big friends with a lot of the former producers... So it could be that he is contractually involved in the company in some way that means he's not quite ready to leave. However... Oh, yeah,
0: because the Doug Walker doesn't own the rights to the Nostalgia Critic. Yeah, well,
1: he he owns part of yeah, the rights. Yeah, yeah, the sh- shared out. Yeah, but Mike Michaud is the majority shareholder, yeah. so he's the one who can decide what happens with the Nostalgia Critic. Because, yeah. of course, the Nostalgia Critic came back long after, uh, shortly after them killing him off. Yeah. Because yeah. they realised, that makes us money, bring it back. And I imagine that probably wasn't even Doug's suggestion, it was probably Mike Michaud's. Um... And also the, dire- the direction of the show and how it's changed is Doug's suggestion. It's not as great. Um, with two mm. very talented co-cast members, but not as great. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, so uh, Brad Jones is tied into it in a way that could be uncomfortable, but people have noticed that on a lot of his social media and his website, his own website, he no longer links to Channel Awesome. Mm. So he's either quit and isn't able to be removed from the site yet, or is at least like quitting outside of the site itself yeah. to basically say to everyone, Yeah, I'm with you, but I can't actually leave right now. But whatever. Archived shows is another link, which is just a bunch of the archived stuff from the Chicago team's history and like some of the movies, although apparently a couple of the movies have now disappeared, the crossover films. Well, weren't they selling on DVD? Yes, uh, which uh, saw profit for no one but the Chicago team. Oh, of course. Including artwork used on the cover of one of them uh, by a fan who was not compensated or paid properly for it. Um, Standard. Yeah. And the only other surviving member is Guru Larry. Larry Bundy Jr. Guru Larry's been on for a very long time. He's got a bigger following on YouTube in terms of his income so he's okay. He's not going to suffer if he leaves Channel Awesome. The reason he's still on there is because he says for the near 10 years he's been on the site he's never been on the front page despite people meant to have a proper thing. So out of pure spite he's sticking around until he gets on the front page. Now he's he's been on the front page just from the automated like scrolling thing in the last few days. <laughs> but now he's like, oh, do you know what? I'm I'm going to wait and see who goes first, me or Brad. I'm gonna, I'm going to sit here as long as it takes. <laughs> he's made it very clear that he's intending to leave, but he's just waiting. Yep. <laughs> like he is just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. So he's basically staying around out of spite. Brilliant. Um, it looks like people have changed the channel. Now, yeah. <laughs> In a big way. I mean, holy shit. Like, this is a clusterfuck of stuff. And we are living in a world post-Weinstein stuff. And, you know, like, we're in the Me Too movement. and, yeah. and Like, we're in a world where people are now a lot more open about discussing... It feels the, like people the... are
0: turning over all the
1: rocks. Yeah.
0: And, like, every, the, all these places where people are hiding are getting exposed. Mm. Um...
1: Especially, but especially, it's a, it's about business and positions of power. It's about how corporations or individuals have taken advantage, either they're in a business way, a sexual way, like you know, a predatory way. How how people have been taken advantage of by those above them in positions of power. Yeah. Um, be that massive Hollywood producers or a content aggregate site that has mistreated people for far too long, Hmm. that their day has finally come. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are suggesting that all the former creators all chip in a couple bucks each to buy a domain. So that they all have a site to host their content, they may do that. They may not do that. I think that's just going back to. Well, I'm yes, and, sure yes, no, not sure the way to go either. Well, unless, unless the way they do it is they just buy the domain, they all chuck a dollar in or whatever for yeah. so the upkeep over a year, and then it's just a place. Um, but it's you know either way. I think a lot of them are going to do fine as they are. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are still very much friends. Uh, there are those who. Wanted everything to be fine, like uh, Tony Goldmark, whose stuff I really love, some joke with the camera, was like, you know, I'm going to stick around and wait and see what the Chicago team say in response to the document. And then when they released the statement they did, he went, yeah, I can't fucking defend these people anymore. And he left. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. But, like, so people are severing ties with the main base, but all the same, a lot of them are friends. So you might still see some crossovers. You might still see team ups from time to time with people. Yeah. It's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I highly recommend going looking up the videos by Alison Pregler on it, uh, by Mars Girl. Um, Blockbuster Busters video is an interesting one that came out. It's called um, I Quit Channel Awesome, which went up on YouTube um, the weekend just gone, which is... Essentially, an account from somebody who doesn't didn't really deal with them directly about yeah. anything, but kind of felt like he was ignored the entire time he was there.
0: Uh, Quinton reviews has a pretty good.
1: Breakdown he's done. Of he's it, done yeah. a good breakdown. Yeah, because yeah. he, he's been doing a series called is It Fallen Titans." Yeah, about
0: like v- various YouTube YouTubers and YouTube trends that have yeah kind of gone away or fallen from grace.
1: And there, I mean, there are plenty of videos on Change the Channel now. A lot a lot of them are just people obviously trying to milk it for the cash. Uh, some of them are more informative than others. Some are attempts at roasts that are or not are not funny based on which one you watch. But th- those are the ones we'd recommend. Like Quinton Reviews sums it up really nicely. And Alison Pregler, Blockbuster Buster, those are the ones that yeah. you're going to get the direct thing. Some people, like Lindsay Ellis, have said they're not going to talk about it beyond this point because they're going to uh, draw more L- attention to Lindsay it. Lindsay Ellis had a thing on Twitter where she said every
0: time she... She started up a swear jar now where every time she, she tweets anything involving Channel Awesome, she'll donate $50 to charity.
1: So basically she's not talking <laughs> yeah. about Channel Awesome ever again. No. <laughs> um,
0: so fair enough. Because <laughs> she's already done one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she's already done the first swear jar deposit. Oh, God. So, ladies and gents, uh, fucking don't ever work with a CEO treats She's like, shit, basically, is the moral of the story. Yeah. Um and uh, the internet is a dark scary place full of shit heels speaking of dark sta- scary places Ugh! and heels I, I, or I, at least souls I would say and the horrible is, things that can happen to I would them. say this, this week's
0: is is this week's main topic but we've just spent 40 minutes talking about changing the channel we would
1: have to flip a coin at the end of this to decide what ends up being the thumbnail aren't oh we? please be oh a quiet God. place oh no um Oh god! A quiet place. Unless it's Channel Awesome. Now a quiet place. <laughs> oh, that's not <laughs> bad. Oh, it's, uh, it's that's uh, not bad. Uh, it's not good, uh, but it's not bad. Uh, um, I'll tell you what is good or bad. But, but we'll tell you. A quiet place. Yeah.
0: The the new uh, horror um, drama. Uh, from director John Krasinski, mm-hmm. also his starring John Krasinski, co-written by John. I think he
1: has made some other stuff. No, but this is like his first feature film. Yeah, isn't it? like his first, um, his first theatrical release, and it's through Platinum Dunes. Yeah, who have made a who've made a declaration that they're not going to release any more horror reboots. Keep in mind, Platinum good. Dunes. Platinum Dunes, of course, like did the Friday the Thirteenth remake for two thousand nine. They did the um, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, like which wasn't good. No, they're they're a production company owned by Michael Bay, so that kind of gives you a bit of a sense of. Their priorities, but it seems like they've made a pretty smart decision here by going, you got a story? Great, um, let's see what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Go make your, go make your low budget, really straightforward, really powerful, scary family horror movie. Like, <laughs> which, which I mean in both senses of the word, like, you could probably watch this with not too young children. Um like if you've got a ch- if you've got like a child who's like closer to 10 who's got a bit of a stronger stomach for scary stuff they could I think they could I think they could watch this uh, I don't know because there's nothing there's nothing graphic graphic in full display it's more the tension and the the pacing <clears throat> and the way things are told um, Oh
0: man is this a tense movie Yeah
1: my god it, um
0: cuz it's so funnily enough It's so quiet. Yeah.
1: Here, here there be no spoilers for a bit, but I think we'll do a bit of a spoiler chat for this one. You tell us the premise
0: of A Quiet Place, Christopher, because I can't be bothered. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A
1: Quiet Place takes place in not too distant future of uh, sort of 2021. The the current Um, year is 2020. Well, it's 2021 because of the prologue and then you see the date. of the Oh, yeah, yeah, later, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not too far away, which gives it a nice kind of uh, Last of Us sort of feel to the whole thing, because it's, it's, you, like, yeah. you see like bits of technology yeah. we currently use in there, but it's not prominent. Everything's really low-tech. Uh, we're a family. Uh, I don't think they're ever named, are they? Only in the um, credits. In the credits. But a family, uh, played by uh, John Krasinski as the dad, Emily Blunt is the, uh, the mum, who wrote married in real life also. Their three children are living... Uh, a very, very, very quiet existence. We see them raiding a pharmaceutical place for medicine, uh, like a, like a convenience store, and they're getting stuff. Um, no one wears shoes. They all walk on like this powder that they've put everywhere. Yeah, they sh- they've tried
0: to spread sand as mu- as much as possible to so all the can... places that they go to. Yeah, um, um and, where, and where not walk very carefully. Yeah. Um, uh,
1: no one speaks. Their eldest child, their daughter, is deaf. So they're all adept in sign, they're all talking very quietly in sign language um and of course you spent the you spend the prologue going, "What's going on why Why is that no one else yeah, why are they huh yeah uh and then by the end of the prologue, you get a gist <laughs> of why everyone has to be quiet um The film skips forward a bit of time uh and there's a new arrival on the way, yeah, in the family. Uh, And they are preparing for, obviously, you know, a baby and the noise and whatnot that would come with that. And how they're planning to prevent any noise getting out of their farmhouse that they're living in in upstate New York. And you get a sense briefly that there are other people out there, too, living quietly and and not, not making any kind of racket in every sense. But why can't people make a sound, Christopher? Because there is something out there. Something violent and horrific that can't see you, it can't smell you, but by Jiminy it can hear you. Oh yes, and thus we have the basic premise of the movie. It, it the bulk of the film takes place over the course of a day and a night in the family's life, um, where this seemingly like textbook existence that they've figured out to survive. Gets disrupted, and they have to survive one very violent, terrifying experience. Yeah, um, it's um... the the trailers. The trailers put a lot of people off in the states, from what I read, because people thought it was like a sophisticated kind of thrillery sort of thing. Yeah. Like it was, it was a it was a mother slash you know like a, a ghost a ghost story and kind of make, like oh it's not a straight up thing it's 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 a bit more artsy than that come along make no mistake mm. the
0: script and the character work and the performances are very very strong mm. and key to why this film works so well yeah but this is a straight up monster monster movie yeah. like oh, oh, yeah very like very much a creature feature horror movie mm. with a killer concept yes. and just Brilliant execution. It's wonderfully shot and directed. the The script is just just the right amount of sparse, <laughs> just to just to give you a sense of this world and the characters, but without any guff.
1: Yeah. Oh there's god. No,
0: there's no. There's no. It is a
1: guffless film.
0: There's no fat on it this. It's a film without guff. There's no fat on this meat. <laughs> this is a. This is a lean. Which is lean why state.
1: in this week's Meat Mead and Merriman, we're rating it a zero out of ten. Right? Zero. Um, <laughs>
0: Less than 0.4% fat. Um, (laughs) That's how much you need to be to be fat-free. I don't know how much you need to be fat-free. There is... (laughs) Yeah, there's
1: just no bloat to this. No. And... I mean, I, the runtime is a big giveaway. The runtime is ninety three minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. it is, and that's
0: including credits. I imagine, yeah, so which, I, is, which is so it's barely ninety minutes long. But it's,
1: per- it's perfect, like horror movie length. It's you're in, you're out. It is a concise experience, and yet you get a sense of these mm. people's lives and histories
0: because it's just very economical storytelling. Yeah, uh, a lot of it through visuals,
1: obviously, because these little to no dialogue. Do you know what, I, do you know what I'd, um, in terms of modern modern culture, do you know yeah. what I'd uh, compare it to? What's that? A Pixar short. Uh, a long Pixar short. It's, it's yeah. a long Pixar yeah. short, yeah. Because, because like the way the Pixar shorts are, you're in and you're out in eight minutes and you come out of it going, my God, I really like that character. I get a complete sense yeah, of their life. Yeah. I understand how this works. That was a fun little adventure or a little moment in their life we got to witness. Like, it's it's that, it, you know obviously we go back to the early days of cinema before they started putting text captions into stuff in the, in the silent era yeah. and it was just the visual. You have to rely heavily on telling everything through what you see. And this film does that so well. Cause like you say, you know who these people yeah, are Absolutely. by the 20, 25 minute mark, you have a big sense of who everybody is and what they're like, what their drive is, who they want to be, what they'd rather be what situation they'd rather yeah, be yeah. in. Um, how they've just gotten used to this, but not complacent with it. No. it's it is, and just the the little things. Like at one point, uh, the two older siblings play Monopoly, and the houses are little. You can tell that one of them crochets because the houses yeah. are just these little red puff balls of wool, and the pieces are like uh, like a, a knitted brooch, yeah, and and like a little like paper ball and things like that. Because of course they are. Because if they weren't. You'd be knocking them against the board, and that'd be making noise. And it's just little stuff like that—the sand everywhere. When you realise yeah. that they only ever walk on these trails of sand, implying that regularly one or boat one or, or you know, several of them top up these trails. Oh, well, you see, you, you see them, do it. Yeah. yeah, and it's um, just like that stuff. And they have a they have a grain silo that obviously they must access from below or something. They're, yeah. they're getting stuff out as quietly as possible. Yeah. Um. They signal to uh, other places just to check in on them.
0: Yeah, By signal
1: fires. Little signal fires, like uh, John Krasinski's character sits on top of the silo and... and. go calls for aid! Yeah, lights a fire and you see like four or five around yeah. them in the distance and the rest of the farmlands. and you're like, right, there are people out there. Okay, but they're not all meeting up and planning because... No. Whatever these things are, cannot be killed. No. Nope. Like, and, and John Krasinski's character has obviously been trying to figure out exactly what they are. Yeah. yeah and and how maybe to kill them, and how many there are That like, he knows there's three of them that hang out in the area, so there are definitely yeah. three out like there. he's not just
0: he's not just sitting there twilling his thumbs and 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 surviving he's planning and like trying
1: to improve their situation and and they you know they
0: make things fixes and, his
1: daughter's but, hearing aid like yeah. you see that he's He's read into how to do that and and completely taught himself how to fix hearing equipment. He's used his quiet time to learn and improve and and wants to pass that on to his kids as well. He's got a bunch Um, of radios because he's trying to reach out to different countries and different frequencies. Which is nice because the film doesn't outright ever say um, what these things are, why they're here or how widespread it is. For all we know, it's just America or part of America. I know outside of the film he's talked a bit about it. There was some stuff in one of the trailers that was shot specifically for oh, the, right, the trailer okay.
0: campaign, which is like where they're watching the news reports as it starts going down. Okay. And yeah, because like, in the
1: film, all we ever see of that is a few of the front pages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, the front page in the prologue is obviously from the last day before everything went to shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's the day humanity figured out that sound is what yeah. they're, they're hunting with. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, God, it was far too late. Because, of course, Lucy and I were discussing this after the film. She was like, like, you know... Like why why would it have gotten that far? And I said, Well, the only way people could really tell, if you think about it, that it it sound that they prey on yeah. is if everything was quiet enough that you'd be able to notice that. Yeah. And the world is not a quiet place. No, it is not. Like despite what the V F D may say, the world is not quiet here. <laughs> like so it's it's it is, you know, like stuff like that is it, oh, it, it's the, there's way Homer qualities about this. The stuff that after the movie you go, oh yeah, like oh very, yeah, very much like ghost stories. It's, like it's very, this, it's yeah. very
0: smartly put together. Again, because there's no fat on the, there's no fat on it. Yeah, it's just it's straight in, straight out. Ninety minutes, bang. This is all you need to know. These are your characters. This is how we're gonna um, show you everything they do, everything they are. They don't name them in the film. They never name the characters. Yeah. It's, it's all, it, the, the only reason, because they're all talking to each other, of course they don't
1: use their names. They don't need to. There's maybe about 20 lines of spoken dialogue in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a generous, Yeah, a generous no, I, 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 I'm counting just like, even just one word lines as yeah, well. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's There's, very small. Yeah, the, the vast um, majority of what dialogue there is,
0: and again, even including the sign stuff. There isn't that much is, mm. is signed with subtitles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's so it's so well used and economically used that it just makes it incredibly effective. Because mm. there's no waste. There's no wasted time. There's no there's no stuff just going on for the sake of having stuff going yeah. on. There's no um, there's no guff and there's no stuff. Especially especially how bloated movies can be. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean. The closer we get to Infinity War, the more worried I am about the sheer amount of stuff that's going to be in that movie.
1: Um, I, you know, whenever I worry about that, I just think back to Civil War. Yeah. And, and, and think, if they can balance that, it's, that then let's, really let's, good. let's pour some more stuff on it and I, hopefully they can still balance it. But, but yeah. look at something like. Um, whereas this is, it's just, it is what it is. Look at something like,
0: uh, the Battle of a Superman or even, uh, even though people loved it, three billboards outside of in Missouri. Mm. I just thought it was so cluttered with stuff and that didn't matter to the story they were telling. And it's and of course people love it because oh it's so arty and characterful and it's like, no, it's just nonsense. It's just getting in the
1: way of what the actual story is. And a quiet place does none of that shit. It yeah. just cuts straight to the bone. It's a Stephen um, King short story style kind of thing. Yeah. It? It's it's like, here it is. Like, here's the premise. Here's that night. Yes. Watch but, it. All that that being said.
0: I am listen, I am. I I have got Skeleton Crew on audiobook, which is one of Stephen King's yeah, uh, uh, short story collections. Apologies, yeah. His short stories <laughs> can still run to over an hour in audiobook form. <laughs> oh, God. And shit, Skeleton Crew's the one that's got the mist in it, which is a novella. Of course, yeah. And that's, fucking, that's a four-hour audiobook. Christ. Although it is read by Will Patton, so oh. it's very, very good. Okay. Oh, and the cast of the Skeleton Crew audiobook is fucking great, apart from Matthew Broderick. Um, but yeah that's a lot of fish um, yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah I mean cast, I get what you cast, mean like yeah. he tends to but, but you can get away with it in a, in a book because it's so descriptive but when you actually look at his short stories it does get in and out of the, of the premise quite economically mm. um, cast wise
1: the kids are freaking
0: brilliant. Oh, yes. Um, so we've got John Stinsky and Emily Blunt are the parents. Oh, they're so And good. they're fantastic. And it's, again, it's an aversion of the idea that real-life couples should never play on-screen couples because they do it fabulously. I'm, and it just feels yeah. so... Well, I think
1: it's because so real. much had to be conveyed without words yeah. that you really needed to sell it. And, yeah. and if, if two actors who are, you know, an item can get to that point, where they feel comfortable definitely being bringing an element of themselves to the part they're playing, uh, then it can definitely work in the story's favour. Because in this, they barely exchange any words. Mm-hmm. And you completely buy these two characters as husband and wife. Like yep. and, 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 you know, and, and mother and father to their children. And a, and a close husband and wife. Not husband yeah. and wife
0: that have, like, got a dark past or have issues or have They're, got, like, marital strain. You get the sense They're, in this
1: that they were, like, you know, they were simple folk before the events of the story, yeah. it probably was their farm. It's probably not a place they've holed up in. It probably was where they lived. Simple folk live in a, a relatively yeah. quiet, happy life. Like, they're doing... Yeah, the problem is, you say, simple folk nowadays. People go, like, what oh, are you trying to say the stupid No, no, no. Was, we literally like, mean that ideal, idealistic... We have, we have a farm, we produce stuff, yeah. we work hard, we look after each other, we're happy. There's no like, drama
0: going on. Yeah. They're not, like...
1: There's,
0: there's no, like oh, there was a forgotten infidelity, or there was, yeah. a,
1: like, none of that shit comes across. Cause I again, mean, Christ. It doesn't fucking matter. They're on the verge of their fourth child together. Yeah. Which they have either chosen to or decided to continue to have in a world where that child is going to be in permanent danger, but they believe in each other and the family that much that they're going to make it work. I mean, there's also implications that they're very religious, so, like, again, you get the sense that, obviously, maybe that their religion dictates that they're going to have a baby, they're going to have the baby, and they're ready for it. And also, that's kind of nice as well for a horror film where religion, which has sort of been forgotten over the years, like, all the horror films tend to depict religion as genuinely like a good thing, as also, as, as, as something that you believe in and, and whatnot. And this film, without hammering it home, it's like, yeah, this is clearly a religious tight knit family who are going to deal with this together, and they're lovely, and they're not insane.
0: <laughs> but also, how does how religion aside,
1: how does someone with no medical training perform a safe abortion? True. Um, then again, we don't know uh, what the deal is with abortion clinics in this world. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they soundproof to high hell, and <laughs> uh, there's no one protesting outside of them. <laughs> um,
0: we got to talk about the kids. Uh, we got to talk about Millicent Simmons, who plays the eldest daughter, who is both in the film and in real life, um, deaf and uses um, like a, a uh, hearing aid that it connects to, goes over her ear and connects to the back of her skull. So it's, it's probably some kind of bone induction mm-hmm. tech, which is a which is a real thing. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Noah Jupe, who plays the, um, the middle, the middle son, mm-hmm. and Cade Woodward, who plays the little, the little fella. The tiny
1: fella. The tiny fella. Who um, would break your goddamn heart the oh, moment you see no, him, He's like, oh, um, um, they cast so well with that. These, these like, kids
0: are just brilliant. Millicent Simmons, mm. particularly, because a big part of, of the film. What drama, what little drama this family has is the relationship between her and her father, yeah, and that sort of because she's clearly a teenager. Well, uh, yeah, that sort that's the of, thing. It's like
1: that thing of oh, like, "you don't even really love me" kind yeah. of like thing that happens, but in the world they're in and the circumstances that they've lived through as a family, yeah. because why the stakes is are so high. Yeah,
0: um, and she and him and him, him, his protectiveness being mistaken for. Dismissiveness and and him and because although they communicate with sign and communicate fluently with sign, there is the sense that part of the that what again what little friction there is between the family mainly between the Johnsons since father and his daughter, um, it comes from their lack of ability to communicate mm-hmm. in in the way that they need to. Yeah, even though they would communicate with sign anyway, if if none of the situation was going on, the 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 situation they're in it feels like it's just driven, and the stuff that's happened to them uh, to get to this point has driven such a wedge between them that they just they just can't seem to find the time to communicate that to each other. Hmm. They have the ability to communicate it to each other, but that they, they just haven't been able to, yeah. and it's. You know, as is, is, is the audience, what what everyone's true feelings are, because again, it's so well performed and well written. Yeah. But it's not it. It's so difficult for them to express it to each other, and that's the real. That's the real heart of this movie, which is why it gets kind of that the sort of the Last of Us feel. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit Last of Us. There's a little bit of Logan in there. It's that. It is very much that that father daughter um protectiveness and the the unwillingness to let go mm-hmm. and just trust yeah in in their own ch- child's ability to to fend for themselves it's it's very 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 well done mm. it it's it's got a real emo- it's a it's a great tense creature feature with a real emotional core and, boy, is it tense. Yeah. Like, i You'll give your asshole cramp for tensing. <laughs> like, you'll be going 10p, 5p the whole time. Because it's
1: so oh, quiet! That's true. Oh, yeah. um, Some guys came in a bit late to the film. We uh... were on the background. Some guys came in just after the prologue. And they um they came to the row in front of us. We were like, great. And they were sort of chambering away, as people always do. when they're slightly embarrassed because they've got in too late. And then... One of them opened up a big bag of crisps. Ah. But about five minutes in, they obviously after they calmed down from there, oh God, I can't believe we got here late, they realised, yeah, we should shut up. And like yeah. one, of, one of them just like placed their popcorn on the seat next this to them is, and left it until the end of the
0: movie. This is not a movie you want to take snacks into. No. It's not a movie you want to arrive late yeah. to. If, if
1: you're going to watch A Quiet Place, pre-open your sweets, put them in the, drink, the, the, the cup holder <laughs> in the arm next to you, and just, like, put your fingers in and take them out as you go in. Don't be rustling packets, guys. Oh, don't fucking
0: eat anything or drink anything. It's 90 minutes long, for fuck's sake. It's 90 minutes long. You can do 90 minutes without eating or
1: drinking. I have chocolate buttons, so... (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I don't even think we need to go into spoiler territory on this. so I think.
0: Um, yeah, like, I mean, should, should, we... Is there anything you particularly want to talk about, into other than just how brilliant it is? No,
1: that's the thing. I think it's stuff I... that we. I think it's stuff that we could. There are definitely uh... things I
0: want to talk about in terms of. Yeah. Oh my god! And this happened, and that was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. And, but like, I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, if if you've seen it and you want and you want us to talk spoilers, then let us know. But I mean, yeah, I'm happy to just go. Oh my god, this is brilliant. Go see it because all the spoiler talk. It's just going to be wasn't this brilliant the way they did this yeah. and it's like if you haven't seen the movie it's not going to sell it on you because we don't want to tell you what happens in it
1: um, I mean th- again not non-spoilers but key words of things to basically the things that I'm, that hit me as like the best moments or the bits yeah. that really freaking screwed me up end of the prologue my god Jesus Christ yeah. um, the bath tub the and bath everything tub. that leads up to that moment yeah. of course rockets rockets oh rockets um, the nail. Oh, the oh my god, mm. the nail! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm just yeah. I'm
0: squirming thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my days. I
1: almost wanted, uh, you know, you know the the final, oh. you know the final person, yeah. uh, to come down the stairs. At yeah. The, I almost wanted just one shot of of them with the nail and the nail being flattened. Well, they make, they, like, make, they I was, make I always you, wanted just just that, so you'd be like, oh. They make you think that that's
0: going to come into play. Again, because of the way it's... Fra- Again, a lot yeah. of the storytelling and uh, nudging is uh, in this movie as to what you need to watch out for things and think it's teasing the way it's going to go is, mm. for, is from the framing and the, and the shooting of it, which is why I think that um, Krasinski and his... And who's his D.O.P. on this?
1: Um, um, bu- 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 where's sorry.
0: me where's my IMDB?
1: Where's me IMDB? Where's me IMDB? Where's my IMDb? Um, Looking for the quiet place, D.O.P. Uh, Charlotte Bruce Christensen. Hmm.
0: Um. So, yeah, her, her, and, her and Krasinski have done such a great job of framing all this stuff.
1: What else has she done? Um,
0: what else has she My shot? My chair creaked
1: then in anticipation She's... and would have got us killed instantly. Oh, she
0: shot Molly's Game. She shot oh. Fences. Uh, the Girl on the Train with Emily Blunt. Um, a bunch of stuff. Far From Man in Crowd. Life, not the horror movie Life, different one. Um yeah, but it's just uh Danish. So it's done a, a whole bunch of Danish stuff. Uh yeah, Danish. Um so yeah, so they they do they do such a great job of lighting this thing. And it's not mm. it is in the same in the in the similar way to Ghost Stories had this very washed out palette. Yeah. Um a Quiet Place has got this very warm, earthy Sort of rural yeah. palette to it. The, and the film
1: rarely look, looks like a horror film. Yeah, it looks like sort of the life that these guys are li- are leading, and and, yeah. and the comfortable situation they're making out of it as best they can. Which is why the stark contrast of those moments uh, is so and, frightening. And it's so because tense... even though they're already in a horrible situation, as far as like the world they're living in. Like this this is about the one time right. things go wrong for um, them within like that space of time. Just, or two times things just go just wrong. Just as much of the of the horror takes
0: place during the day as at night. Mm. Oh god, it possum. doesn't need to be dark
1: to be scary. My God. Yeah. Oh, it oh is. that was I mean that as as just phwoah, the 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 threat yeah. they're up against is given a few moments earlier in the movie just to establish to you, again, just through visual language of how unstoppable the thing that's out there is, yeah. and it's so clearly done in a way that you're like, oh god, I hope they're going to be all right. Um,
0: you know, this movie reminded me of a little,
1: aye, like the good bits of Signs, yeah.
0: So like everything, yeah. And good I say that as a man
1: signs. who doesn't like that movie, I, but I, like I appreciate it the last what you're five doing. minutes,
0: yeah. like, and even then, like, I'm like, no,
1: this is stupid. <laughs> they like, want whatever. to invade a planet. That's 90% the thing that oh, kills them. God, me. It's like, oh,
0: gosh. Um Yeah. And even then, I'm just like, you know what? This movie's been so good so far, I could give it a pass for this.
1: What's the bet? Because um, um, I wonder who pitched the idea first, whether it was Krasinski or the, screenwriter uh, or the screenwriters. Or I, think. I
0: okay. think. it was a Blacklist script.
1: Wow. Well, I was, I was wondering um, whether or not, because it's through Platinum Dunes and Bay was producing. The, I was wondering whether or not, at some point, it was a... Um, you know, like, so then these aliens, but they can only hear you. Yeah, great! Yeah. Well, it's about a 2 of marines, and they're no, going to go no. in. And no. like, do you know what I mean? I wonder if at any point someone was like, yeah, we'll make it like that. No, it was Brian Woods and Scott
0: Beck had the script, and then uh, when Krzynski um, did a little bit of tweaking tweak on it when he came yeah. out to direct. But I, I, from what I know, it's I don't think it's changed a great deal.
1: There was a wonderful post doing the rounds on I Twitter uh, last week.
0: Krzynski made a big push for casting and... Uh, a deaf actress as the deaf character. Good, So they made a big push for Millicent
1: Simmons. Uh, cause I, I think there was some resistance to that on the studio end. Mm. Oh, because they, uh, well, they probably wanted to add that extra bit of star power and cast like a teen that people know. Probably. That, but... but, like,
0: it, I mean, she's also in Wonderstruck, which is coming an upcoming, mm. like, uh, movie about, well, coming-of-age movie, it looks like. So she might be one of those who, who stars on the
1: rise. Yeah. Um, and this would be a... To be a neat it. there was a wonderful tweet that did the rounds last week because uh, it it's it's I think it's in its third week at the American box office yeah, and yeah. it is still profiting and it's made it's doing it, pretty well it's made yeah. back I think I think it's like 10 times its budget already yeah. so it's 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 one of those that word of mouth is keeping it going I and mean, we should say like it's um, it's a low budget movie but it doesn't look cheap oh no like it it's does it's, does lo- not it's low cheap the low the only thing I could ascertain in terms of like where they've saved obviously money is simply because it's set on primarily one location yeah and they're all outdoors, wilderness locations for the most part. Yeah. So you're not paying a city to have to and film is... there and, and shut down streets and things like that. But the production de- design is still
0: really smart. And mm. again, as with Ghost Stories last week, they show remarkable restraint. Yeah. Where they could just go, it's CGI monster time! Yeah. And they, they, they ease back on it. Um, in a way that which keeps it tense, it's it's the alien slash Jaws effect. Like yeah. the, the less you,
1: the less you see, the scarier it is. To a degree, and the, yeah. The, this tweet illustrated that quite nicely because it basically it said um, what lesson Hollywood should learn from the success of A Quiet Place. Wow, we need to look into more of the lower budget, more independent projects. We need to support them and encourage these more niche horror movie ideas. Um, with soul, artistic visions from the people who've brought the story to us. Mm-hmm. The lesson Hollywood will probably learn. Greenlight a sequel! And a prequel! And an Amazon TV series! <laughs> and a video game!
0: <laughs> I'm not saying I'd be averse uh, yeah, to I'll, A Quiet Place too.
1: Yeah, but, but I think it has to not be about the same characters. Mm, and it has to be another story from in this world. But the problem is, it might lessen... The, for lack of a more respectful term, the gimmick of this one. Yeah. Maybe. If we, if we do it all again, and I I wouldn't want a prequel. I don't want to find out how. Oh it no 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 no! Don't care! Don't care! Um,
0: it's not important. If you haven't got a story to tell, then don't bother. Yeah. Like this this universe is not interesting in and of enough in and of itself. To just like have another movie in it. But if you have a story to tell hmm. that could fit into this universe, then I mean, by all means. what sums I know up this, is, it's, John, it wasn't John... It was originally. Oh, um, uh, pictures oh, a TV show. No, it was originally mm-hmm. going to be a. Or John was playing with the idea of making it a Corberfield movie.
1: Um, you know there is one visual thing that makes me go, I can kind of see that.
0: Um, obviously before they started shooting, and yeah, they just decided not to do that. But I'm glad it was didn't. that was a that was a possibility at one
1: point. I mean, it would fit, it would fit nicely into that umbrella that was introduced around the time of 10 Cloverfield Lane, of these yeah. independent sci-fi stories. But I think, I think the Cloverfield Paradox has sort of
0: soured that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see how Overlord does when it comes out, whatever it's going to be called when it comes out. Um. But yeah. The
1: Cloverlord.
0: The, uh, the, the more I think about... <laughs> Fuck off. The more I think about... Um, Place your bets now. Cloverfield Paradox, the more I feel like Paramount definitely sold that off to Netflix.
1: Just to be like, we,
0: yeah, we can't. we, yeah. we know we've got a dud on our hands
1: here. Interesting, so isn't you it? Have this. Interesting, isn't it how it took the reshoots that added the Cloverfield stuff for them to after that go? Oh yeah, no, this doesn't work. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I feel it makes like... me think the product they had before was probably a lot more forgivable.
0: Uh, mm, I don't know. I feel like Whoa. some of the things that don't work about it would have not worked about it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that being said, I still enjoy
1: quite a bit of it. Well, again, yeah, we don't know what was taken out to make room for the additional uh, stuff. Oh well, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. I I, I had fun with Cloverfield Paradox. It ain't great. Right. Yeah, no, it. it's not very good. But I, I, but did I had enjoy a lot of fun stuff. with A Quiet Place.
0: Oh, so much fun with it. Well, funs. Mm, I, I as enjoy, an experience, yeah. 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 it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Just go watch A Quiet Place. And um, highly uh, recommend you, doing We've got what? another week
1: till. To... Well, over a week till uh, Infinity, Infinity War comes out. I highly recommend doing what Matt did, which is watching Quiet Place and Ghost Stories on the same day, if you can find somewhere that's playing Ghost Stories.
0: Yeah, it's it's... Not, it's it's not got a massive release.
1: No, which is really annoying. There was only
0: four showings on the day we went to see it.
1: Yeah, compared to like and was the, place, and that was that was the weekend goes. it came out. Yeah, so that's annoying. But if you can double bill it, go for it. And if you happen to be one of our very few listeners on the stripes based on the analytics. Uh, Ghost Stories hits cinemas this weekend for you. Yeah, uh, but it's Please only a limited release. Please go and see it. Yeah, no, but we really recommend it. Like, if find a theatre. It comes out limited release cinematically, and also. And then the VOD It's shortly it. after? No, it, isn't same, it? same
0: time. Same, same time. time. Oh, great. Well, get, so, get it in your eyes. Get well, I, If you can get to see it at the cinema, then do, because it's also at cinema. But um, yeah, if you're in the States and you can VOD um, Ghost Stories, then absolutely do, because it's really really good well, we and, you and you've already seen A Quiet Place presumably, because it's doing really well in the so. States <laughs> right. Uh, right let's get this email out of the way we've got a chunky one because, because I want to go and do something else uh... <laughs> uh, this one comes in from Ian oh, the imagination races very frantic dabblings oh mints this is for you. Is it? Yeah, it's not for me because I don't fucking understand it. Oh.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Beware possible minor spoilers for what I think you might be talking about, everyone. Written, written in a rush in a smoke-filled lobby of Hotel Denouement.
0: Dear reader, while I was correcting my assumption that they will be adapting the next five a series of Unfortunate Events books, I do feel that they have rushed them, and maybe due to the early books having no overarching plot. Also the overuse of comedy, especially with the hench people who start going into the great unknown in the latter books to increase the threat and focus it more. Other than that, Netflix is on a slippery slope to success with a sugar bowl of delights and I enjoy the rampant references and pleasant puns. I missed such Heimlich Hospital and Caligaric Carn- Carnival I think there's supposed to be an and, as in there somewhere. Um, I hope the Grim Grotto is good it's one of my favourites along with Miserable Mill and Vile Village Line of hyphens Okay. Saw so, Isle of Dogs. It was brilliant. Now, I don't think it's for the general public, unlike Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I did really enjoy it. And now I'm going to have to see it a second time. I hope Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson continues and, in more... I can't, can't say it. it. And, Wes and, Anderson continues and, in more stop-motion <laughs> animation. That's the one. Um... <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: oh, I'd would like to get around to checking out Island dogs. Mm.
1: That's that still has quite a few showings. Yeah. Uh, as a mask check. Well, those are the fucking Anderson film.
0: Yeah, it be uh, mm, people love that shit. Oof. They lap it up because it's so quirky. Like a dog um, lapping up water from a bowl. My cinema has a poster for Ghost Story, so hopefully I'll be seeing that soon. See it now. Um, not being a fan of superheroes, I'm not that fussed about Infinity War Part One, uh, and after the last Jedi, I'm not fussed at all about the solo film. I had, I had a. Uh, a ridiculous debate <laughs> with uh, with my friend about the Last Jedi because he really didn't like it, and then his nine year old son teamed up with me <laughs> to ram him for it being brilliant. That's brilliant because we we're like, yeah, it's great, and but he's like, but you don't, you don't. spoiler the Last Jedi, uh, but you don't, you know, you don't find out anything about who Snoke is. He just, he just dies. It's like, well, yeah, because he's not important. Like it's not about. He's not. also, what would knowing more about Snoke add that story, other than like another half hour of exposition? You know what I mean. It's, but yeah, that's a, we've had this conversation.
1: I'm just sat here whispering, no comment to myself. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you. I'm glad you and the tiny child enjoyed it. Yes, I mean he's the
0: target audience more than I am. So yeah. um, <laughs> Next is a quantity of quality questions. What? That sounds like a quandary. Uh favourite studio Ghibli
1: film? I think I've only seen Spirited Away. Yeah. Oh hang on, I've seen I've seen Spirited Away and I think I've seen some of my neighbour Totoro. Um we'll have to get back to him. That in the future and watch some more, I think. Um
0: Chris, how did you find writing your ninth Doctor Fan Audio?
1: Or Fordio. Fordio? <laughs> that doesn't say that in the email, does it? You just added Fordio. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you talk about cold open, uh, I I was only involved in the writing for the first uh, draft of it because I just I basically was working too much at the time to contribute what I wanted to. So a bunch of my dialogue is in there, but uh, Billy finished it, which is why he's got the writing credit for the thingy. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I, I plotted it out with Billy back in the day, and I directed it. Uh, including this handsome young man. In the, yes. role of, in the role of Aaron in the, uh, pre-credit stinger. It's me! And it did sting. Um. Yeah,
0: I, I can definitely confirm that it's, it did sting.
1: Stang like a motherfucker! Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, we enjoy coming up with the story, absolutely. And, and, um, I remember, I think earlier on, I, I fleshed out a lot more of, of, of the plot as it ended up, but Billy definitely like breathed life into it by actually creating the dialogue and making sure it worked. I think the one bit of my writing that is mostly intact is when, um, like as in from how I drafted it and then it just stayed like that through to the next draft that Billy finished. And then, and then the final, uh, is the scene with them, um, outside the TARDIS after he and Tabby have properly met each other and they're set out like it by a fire. That was, I think that's the one that it stuck in. But yeah, you know, I really enjoy, I enjoyed writing what I did write and I enjoyed directing it with all the lovely actors who took part. In it. Oh, thank you. Um, if you're wondering about the second one, it's a little bit delayed just because some casting stuff never bloody materialised in the end uh, in terms of people who are meant to do stuff. So we're a bit behind, but the plan now is to just release them sporadically, I think, before, the final two stories. But I imagine definitely before the end of the year you will have heard two and three. So. Uh, it will be done. When it's done. Thanks for being patient with this thing we're making and giving you for free. Uh <laughs> How would
0: you do the Labyrinth sequel? I wouldn't.
1: Uh, yeah, do you know what? I I also wouldn't, but only because I like Labyrinth's meant to basically take place in Sarah's head. Yeah. Like it's 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 kind of you've gotta suspend disbelief slightly but ultimately, Slightly. no. But ultimately, you could look at it as that Wizard of Oz style: did it really happen? Kind mm. of thing. Um, although that just that makes the end really kind of awkward. Cause obviously, at the end, everyone's in a bedroom; they're all dancing, and I just love the mental image of we're seeing the wistful CGI owl fly away from outside the window. Uh. But I just love if then it cut back into the room and she's just lay on the floor, rolling on the floor, laughing and foaming at the mouth as her as her uh, mum and stepdad come home. No. <laughs> they're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> What's no. happening? She's just surrounded by, like, narcotics. No. Um But, um, uh... magic, <laughs> magic! Oh, my God! Sarah, no! Um, no David Bowie. No
0: Labyrinth. And that's my final word on the map.
1: I think you could absolutely tell tales from the Labyrinth. Um, and much like Netflix are doing a Dark Crystal show, you could yeah. definitely do, like, tales from the world of the Labyrinth. Yeah, but Dark Crystal doesn't have... But... I think labyrinth. I think labyrinth could be easily sequelized and served better in that way as like novels. I know they did it as a manga. Yeah, they did. They did a, a follow up as a manga. manga yeah, but uh, like as books, yeah.
0: do books. Don't need to do a movie because why bother without David Bowie? Like who's yeah. going to replace him? Well, exactly. He is the definition of irreplaceable. Yeah. You can fucking do it with Jared Leto, I know you're thinking about it. I know you're fucking thinking about it. My friends, the same friends I was having the last yeah. I had debate with, uh they went to see um <laughs> Thirty Seconds to Mars. The
1: oh yeah. Band, All right.
0: Which consisted of Jared Leto, a drummer, and backing tracks. What? With no support act. Why? What? Because Jared Leto is a fuckwit. And an egomaniac. Aren't there three members of Thirty Seconds to Mars? Not anymore!
1: Just two. And a backing track to fill in the gap. Apparently so. What the fuck? I know. Where were they playing? M-E-N. The fuck? Yeah. So people have shelled out like 60 quid for a ticket to, see to watch fucking, one act.
0: To see 30 Seconds to Mars with a drummer and fucking
1: backing track. It's fucking Jared leto What the hell? I know. I mean, I like the most recent song, but like... Not enough to just like not enough for it to justify a drummer and Jared Leto with a backing see, track playing see, the M E N. Well, let me see what the current touring lineup. Oh is. my god! Uh, Thirty
0: seconds while I do that, I'm going to finish this email. Like, I um, could understand
1: if maybe like you know there's been an emergency or whatever, and they're just like they're making sure the shows carry on, but one of them's had to take a dip out. But even so, to play the freaking to play the Manchester Arena mm-hmm. essentially as karaoke.
0: What the hell? Seems it. Um,
1: oh, my God. Keep
0: um, going. <laughs> <do you> <laughs> oh, apparently they've got... So, uh, Jared Leto and Shannon Leto. So, Jared Leto on lead vocals and guitars and um, Shannon Leto on, on drums. Um, apparently they've still got Tom uh Mal- on... Mal- Leader guitar, bass guitar, violin, keyboard, and backing vocals, and Steve Aiello um, playing bass and and keyboards live. But they weren't on stage, so...
1: Oh my god, so it either was a backing track, or they were off stage, and had to play off stage, which makes it even more of an ego trip. Yeah. Oh, that's really weird. Anyway, end of this email. Um warm regards, best wishes. I and bet the he, sent them all, he sent them all used condoms and bullets with their names you were thrown, written on them. Very didn't faithful
0: you. disciple.
1: Oh. Ian. Postscript. <laughs> oh. What is
0: Ekins backwards?
1: <laughs> Cot
0: <Caught> death. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's
1: a call. Um, that's a big damn callback.
0: Thanks for listening to the Big Damn cast for another week. Um please come back next time because I live on your misery. Um, <laughs> as always, at <laughs> Cast oh on Twitter, uh, uh, contact at gmail.com, uh, twitch.tv forward slash BigDamnStream for some streaming stuff. Not been really able to do much this week just because of my schedule, but we'll be back. Um, Finish. soon after this has Finish come stuff. out, yeah. Um, and I'm going to leave you with this tweet. Oh. That was retweeted by, uh, Eric syria um, who's a writer, good writer. Um, And he he retweets uh, Matt Molina The Louisiana State Senate passed a law banning sex with animals with a 25 to 10 vote. In other news 10 Republicans in the Louisiana state voted in favour of having sex with animals. Hashtag true story. I mean that's Just simmering that. Oh in the juices. Oh I think we're done here. I, I don't think we can top that. Oh. <laughs>